0: So good. What do you guys think of that new song? Yeah. Oh, we've been playing that on Wednesday nights lately, and it just, like, the kids go nuts for it. It is... Insane to watch Fuse worship to that song. It is—it's worth seeing for sure. Uh, well, my name is Derek Blewett. I am privileged enough to help lead our students and our young adults here at Genesis Metro, and I am so thankful and so excited to be with you guys this morning. Uh, pastor Tim really wanted to be on this stage today, and he did everything he possibly could to be up here, uh, but his back just would not let him. And so, please, please be in prayer for your pastor this week. Uh, please be in prayer for the Bournes as they navigate that and. Uh, because we need <laughs> we need full strength PT. I think we really need full strength Pastor Tim back on this stage. And so this morning I kind of wanted to go over a, a passage of scripture that really means a lot to me and my faith. But I wanted to start by asking a simple question: of When was the last time you asked for directions? Like, it's, it's kind of a daily occurrence almost, right? Maybe it's a person, maybe it's a GPS, but I think it's, it's almost difficult or, like, almost impossible these days for some reason for us to go even to, like, target without asking for directions, right? Like, I, I almost see it as a challenge where I'm like, I don't want to use maps or, like, anything to go somewhere. I wanted to see if I can figure it out. Um, but I think sometimes it, it really matters who you ask for directions, Right? Like, has anyone ever asked some, like, and gotten the wrong directions before? Who, yeah. man, the stories I could tell about some of my friends and getting in the wrong directions and ending up almost shot in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, but, uh, <laughs> um, but I think sometimes when we look and we, we're asking for these directions or we're asking for help, it really matters who we listen to. And so I wanted to start this morning with a, with a clip from this show. You might have heard of it before. It's called The Office. Um, and two of the main characters, they are in the middle of driving somewhere. And this is like, I don't know, 2004, 2005. And so way back in like the stone age of like technology. Um, but they have a GPS and things maybe go a little awry. So let's watch this clip together. Make a right turn. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Like really, like clearly it's like, there's a lake there. Like, what are we thinking? But I think we've all probably, we've had similar experience. Like maybe you haven't driven to a lake before, clearly. But like, I think we've all had moments like that, right? Maybe you misheard maps. Maybe you weren't paying attention. Uh, Maybe you're just jamming out too hard and you missed your exit. Or maybe the person in the passenger passenger seat isn't paying attention and they're supposed to tell you when to turn and they just don't, it's fine it's fine. But I think no matter what, we see just how important it is that we're listening to the right voice in life, that we're listening to the right word. And so this morning, we're going to look at a passage in Luke chapter 5. Uh, Luke chapter 5, it it's all starts with, with Jesus. He, it, it starts with him preaching this sermon where he actually has to go out into a boat and like go off from shore a little bit just to preach to how big this crowd is. And it's kind of amazing to see how he like life-hacked away around having a microphone back then. But he goes out into this boat, and he preaches this sermon, and we're going to pick up, and we're going to see just how important God's word can be in our life. And so we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 4, verse 5. It says that when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "'Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. "'Master,' Simon replied, "'we've worked hard all night long and caught nothing, "'but at your word I'll let down the nets.'" At your word, I will let down the nets. See, this Simon is is actually, uh, his name is Simon Peter. He goes by Peter later on. This is the same Peter that Pastor Tim preached about last week. This is the same Peter that ends up denying Jesus three times. This is the same Peter who ends up being restored and ends up leading the disciples after Jesus' resurrection. The same one upon whom the foundation of the church that we are now blessed in to be a part of today is built upon. The same Peter, his story starts by listening to the right word. Man, it is so, uh, that right word that you listen to is so important, isn't it? I think sometimes we listen to the wrong word and it leads us into a lake. Maybe it leads you into some bad decisions. Maybe it leads you into a bad deal. Maybe it leads you into some bad advice. But when we listen to the right word, when we listen to God's word, it changes everything. It changes everything. And so this morning, church, whose word are you following? Whose word are you following? See, we face decisions every single day, right? Uh, There's something that said that we, I think in a year we make uh, about 30,000 decisions, or it's in like a week or something. It's, we face so many decisions every single day, every single minute, every single hour that may have some importance, they may not, but no matter what, we face all these decisions all the time. And it's no different than when we interact with God. See, Peter sees Jesus and he decides that this word that he's been following doesn't compare to the word that Jesus is offering. And we have that same decision to make. We have that same decision to make in our life because we're all following someone or something, aren't we? Maybe for you, it's a sports team. Maybe it's a celebrity. Maybe it's a tech mogul. Maybe it's, it's a band. There's, there's all these people that have influence in our lives. There's all these things that will influence how we make decisions. And so we follow these people, and they influence our lives, and, and that influence ends up leaving an impact on us. Maybe we want to speak like them. Maybe we want to dress like them. Maybe we want to emulate them. Maybe we want to have a life and have success and have a business like they do. See, we let them affect how we work. We let them affect how we parent or how we interact in our marriage or how we go to church or what we do with the people around us. It's because we follow who we trust. We will end up following who we trust. And I know this is true because influencers exist. Do you guys know, do you know what influencers are? Like this is, if you've ever been on social media, you've seen an influencer before. Uh, Their entire existence is made up of basically trying to sell us products um, by acting like real people. (laughs) They literally, it's just like, hey, like I'm Derek, I love G Fuel and you should too, like use my code. it's not real, but for some reason, we see these people advertising these products and they kind of look like us. Their lives kind of look like ours. And so now all of a sudden we're like, well, maybe I can trust them because they seem like a real person. So maybe I should like G Fuel. Like, yeah, maybe I should buy that thing. Maybe I should buy that shirt like, or those shoes or whatever it may be. And it's to the point now where that industry is worth tens of billions of dollars every year. The fact is that we follow who we trust. We follow who we trust, and we all have these influences in our lives, and so what influence is winning today? What influence is leading you today? Is it God? Is his word helping to guide the decisions in your life? Is it making an impact every single day on you and the people around you? See, because Jesus, his word, doesn't want to leave you where it found you. Jesus doesn't want to leave you in the shallow end. He's calling you out into the deep. He's calling us to more. He didn't leave Peter in the shallow water where he found him. He asked him to push out into something greater, into a story worth telling. And see, Jesus gets into their boat, and all of a sudden Peter and his partners, they go off and they fish again. And just imagine and just empathize with Peter for a minute. All night, he's been fishing, and he caught nothing. Can you imagine that, that, that disappointment? He's probably tired. He's probably hungry. It's just been one of those nights. And yet, because the right word came along, he was willing to push past his limits and to find something greater. And then, because of that, all of a sudden, they start pulling up a catch That is bigger than they could even possibly imagine. Their boat is ready to capsize, their nets are starting to tear. Like they're not just like, oh, it was a good day. It was like, no, they're like fish moguls now. Like they are they're rolling in that sushi money now. It's like they could literally open up like a chain of restaurants. They could, they might as well have called them like Red Lobster or something. Like it was that big of a business all of a sudden. But instead of focusing on their best day, instead of focusing on The fish that they pulled in, they focused on the one who led them to the fish. And so we pick up the story again in Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 8. And it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, because I am a sinful man, Lord. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish they took. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Simon. From now on, you will be catching people. Then they brought the boats to land, left everything, and followed him. Left everything and followed him. The scene is so amazing for so many different reasons, but the one that always stands out to me is just how fast these guys respond to Jesus. Like, there's not like a waiting period. There's not like, hmm, you know, let me pray about it for a couple days. Like, No, they're like, they're looking at the fish. They see, they're like, this is, this is going to set me up for the next year, if not the rest of my life. But then they see Jesus, and they see something worth infinitely more. And these guys are making major life decisions, honestly, faster than most of us probably pick out our shoes for the day. Everything changes in an instant for them, because these four men realize who Jesus was, and they see what is possible by following his word. And realized that Jesus was going to change everything. He was going to change everything. That Jesus took their unproductive boats and made them overflow. He took their empty nets and filled them to bursting. He took worn out, discouraged, and downtrodden fishermen. And he made them into icons. And so at his word, they would make the biggest decisions of their lives. See, making hard decisions like this often comes down to what we value most. It it comes down to a value proposition. What is that thing worth to me? Is it worth more than the alternatives? Is taking Johnny to practice for the fifth time this week worth not having dinner at home again? Is having those extra hours at work worth missing out on my daughter's recital? Is taking him to his second travel team worth missing out on what God is doing on a Wednesday night? We make these decisions all the time based on what we value, what we think is important, but are we missing what's really important in life? See, most of us, we have a habit of trying to determine worth. And really, we have a habit of trying to determine our worth, what our time is worth what our life is worth, what our family is worth, and maybe this is a conscious or unconscious decision for you, but I think we all deal with this, and the reality is, church, is that we've been made for more. We've been made for so much more than what we are settling for right now, and see, I am a pretty frugal guy, um, I would say this, almost, this is a big factor in what defines me. I don't like spending money. And I know there's probably most of you are like, I don't like spending money either, Derek, that's not original. But like I, my threshold for money is $30. If I spend $30 and one cent, like it better be a good reason to spend that one cent. Otherwise, like my eye will start twitching, blood pressure will go up, and I'm gonna like have to think about it, really pray about spending that extra money. It's bad. It's really bad, but I'm, I'm so frugal, so I like being careful with how I spend it, right? It's like there was this switch when I went into college and I got my first real job that all of a sudden, when I started earning it, all of a sudden, I didn't really want to give it up that easily, right? Like, and the church said, amen. I, I just don't like spending money. And so it's, it's kind of fascinating to me seeing how much stuff costs sometimes, right? Like you go, I mean, I'm sure you've gone to any market or any restaurant, and all of a sudden everything's cost like 30% more. It's kind of shocking, right? But I like seeing just sometimes just like looking up like, oh, I wonder how much those shoes are worth, how much that car is worth, how much this thing's worth. And I get shocked a lot of the time just seeing how much something is, could be worth to somebody. And so I got really curious uh, when I was prepping for today, and I started looking up what are some of the most like crazy things out there for like what they're priced and so I brought this first one and this is uh, this is a bracelet I found online. And I brought a picture of it, does anyone happen to know what that is? A zip tie, a zip tie right? So a zip tie, you, I looked this up, you could get about 200 of them on Amazon for $6 tomorrow like, I literally have some upstairs, so if you'd like to have this look later, I'd be more than happy to set you up for it. Just, we'll call it like, let's call it like, fi- I'll give you a 50% discount, just add it to your tithe check. Like, really, I'll make this easy on you. But do you wanna know how much, like, it's a clever idea, don't get me wrong. Like, I used to be in tech, and so I love zip ties. I'm literally like, oh, I, I could rock that. But guess how much that is worth? $588. For most, I think for a lot of us, that's an electric bill now. (laughs) That's insane! For a zip tie! I mean, listen, God bless America, and God bless that we can have companies charge that much money for a bracelet, and people will buy them, because that's sold out. So, I don't know, but that's insane to me. It's insane. But what about dogs? Does anyone love dogs? Dog people out there, where are my dog people at? Most of you, most of you. We're, we're a dog and cat family, I was a dog person, my wife's a cat person, she converted me first, it's fine. But we have this dog, Charlie, and he is just amazing, he's one of my best friends in the world, I love that dog. And he's TikTok viral now, um, fun fact. But, <laughs> I love that dog, but there's some expensive dogs out there. Um, so I brought a picture of one that I found online too. If you could put that up. It's Clifford. It's literally Clifford the big red dog. So that's a Tibetan Mastiff. And I mean, just like we have to cuddle that, right? Like, you know, even the gruffest guy in here is like, yeah, I'd hug that dog. (laughs) Like, literally, I'm like, I just want to snuggle in it. I want to shave it and turn it into a blanket or something. Like, it looks so amazing. But like I said, that's a Tibetan Mastiff. And someone bought this dog a couple years ago. Like, turns out there's like this, there's a lot of crazy dog breeders out there that breed very exclusive breeds. And so this is a very exclusive, perfect specimen of a Tibetan Mastiff, supposedly, whatever that means. So someone bought this dog like two or three years ago. Just, just take a guess. Just think, maybe to your spouse, maybe out loud, whatever you want. Take a guess about how much this dog is worth. I promise you, you're wrong. I promise you, you're wrong. All right, this dog was sold for the grand total of $1.2 million. $1.2 million for a dog. Literally, if you've been around Genesis Metro for longer than a week, you know we need about that much money for a building. So if you have that money where you're like, That's a reasonable offer. I would love to talk to you about the amazing opportunity that you can invest in the life change in the future of Genesis Metro. (laughs) Listen, beautiful dog. No way, no way. Don't even do it. Listen, God is telling you right now, there's a better use for your money out there. See, but it's crazy what people will spend their money on, right? It's crazy. See, but see, whoever bought that dog or those bracelets, they spent that money on those things because someone told them that's what that's worth. Man, have you, ever, have you ever really thought about that question before? What are these things worth to me? Or even more, have you ever thought about what, what people say that you're worth? Have you ever thought what you're worth to that company? Worth to that neighborhood, worth to those friends? See, I think in our culture, we are constantly told what our value is. If we don't have that car, if we don't live in that neighborhood, if our kids don't go to that school, if I have that office, if I don't close this deal, all of a sudden our worth is diminished in comparison to the people that do have those things. We are constantly judging ourselves based on things and based on situations. And we are so quick to reduce our self-worth because of what other people say or think or do to us. And yet we chase after these things. Like it's almost Stockholm Syndrome where we're, we're literally constantly dragged down by these things in life, and yet we want them even more. Because that is what's supposed to define us. That is what's supposed to define our value. Can you imagine how much that would hurt to constantly think your value changes based on your circumstances and your stuff? Church, I don't know if anyone has told you this before. I don't know if your parents told you this. I don't know if that, that teacher, that coach told you this when you were a kid. And so I want to I be clear with this, and I want to tell you very clearly You have been made for more than that. Your life is so much more valuable than the car you drive, the house you live in, the job you have. Your value is not tied to those things. Your worth is not defined by any person. Your worth is not determined by the word of some other man. Your worth has been determined by God from the very beginning of all creation. See, God's word says that if I care for birds, and f- the few students in the room know I hate birds, they're worthless. They're w- <laughs> but if he cares for birds, if he cares for grass, how much more will he care for the children that he's handcrafted? God's word says that you're worth trading his beauty for your ashes. God's word says that nothing in heaven or on earth can separate you or exempt you from his love. You've been made for more. Of all the things that God created, I mean, think about it. Read Genesis 1, like, he created a lot of crazy stuff in a couple days. Like, a lot of stuff. But he—all the galaxies and the stars and even, like, zip-tie bracelets and million-dollar dogs— (laughs) Of all the things God's created in this world, the one thing that he said was very good was you. And you. And you. And all of us. Humanity is what matters most to God. Your life, your story, and your eternity is what matters to God. And yet, why are we settling for less than God's best in our life? You've been made for more than that. And so these disciples saw this firsthand in this moment. They saw what Jesus could do. They saw that they could find a fortune in the shallow water. But out in the deep with Jesus, they found their story. They found their salvation. They found who they were meant to be. See, Jesus walked up and he saw these guys. They were good at catching fish. But he also saw that they were made for more than that. And so he showed them that what they were settling for wasn't going to be good enough any longer. They might catch fish and they might catch more than they could possibly do it with. They might be able to t- create a business empire out of one day's catch, but it would never be worth the souls that they could catch for the kingdom. And so this morning, church, what are you catching? What are you catching? See, we're all busy, right? Like you live in Frisco. We are experts at being busy, right? It's literally like, if I have an hour of free time, I must fill it. Like it's like free time and relaxation are like a curse word around here for some reason. Like, I don't know what it is about this culture, but like I'm from California, like all we do is relax. Like that's, we we, we barely work, (laughs) but here, it's like every second of every day, we have to be doing stuff all the time. And so we go throughout our days stressed out and worn down because we're filling it all with, with all this stuff to the point where our natural reaction, when, we, when someone asks you like, hey, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm good. I've been real busy. <laughs> I catch myself saying this all the time. I'm like, that's not a state of being. Like, that's not an emotion, like, saying we're all busy, but, like, why is that defining us? Why are we defining ourselves by how much we can fill our schedule or overfill it? See, I know you're busy, and I know your life is filled with good things, right? Most of the stuff in your life, it's good. Like, let's be honest, it's good things. Some of it, not so good, but, you know, that's for another time. But with all those things that you pursue, what are you getting out of it? What are you catching What's going on? What are you getting out of it? See, everything we do in life produces something in us. Just like how every, like, the word that we follow will have an impact and influence in our life, everything that we do produces something in us. So are you happy with the results that you're getting so far? Are you happy with what these things are doing in your life? Because I think that the result of being so busy means that it's really easy to lose sight of our purpose. This little racquetball is going to represent our purpose this morning. We're so good at being busy and we're so good at doing all these things that it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that you have been made to know God, to live with God, and to share a story worth telling with Him. See, but all these things can come up in life, right? You go to college. Then maybe you're struggling in class. Maybe you meet somebody, you go on a date, you go on a second date. Now people are saying ring before spring, like where when you get engaged and you're like I don't have the money for a ring. How am I going to do this? And then you find the money for a ring. And then you get married and you meet your in-laws and you're like, "Oh my gosh, like they're terrible." And like, now we have to find some place to live and now everything is $2,000 to go to the grocery store and it's like all of a sudden it's like everything is going on and you don't know what to do and now your bills are piling up and you're left with all this stuff and you're like, "I don't where, where am I? The fact of the matter is that all these distractions come up in our life and we lose sight of that one purpose and we realize at the end of the day, this is all that really matters. This is all that really matters. Man, what do you need to let go of to pick up what God has for you this morning? See, I bet when I was going through that, you already thought of like one thing that probably fit that category, right? You're like, well, I don't, maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe you thought of 10 things. Maybe some of them are bad. But a lot of them are probably good, right? Maybe it's not a bad thing, but it's taking up time. The one resource that you can't get more of. And that time could be spent on something better if you would let it. Man, are those good things worth keeping you and your family away from God things? Are they worth keeping you away and your family away and your kids away and future generations away from your purpose? Because I promise you that one more practice, one more meeting, one more thing is not going to help you get to your calling. What do you need to let go of today to pick up what God has for you. See, if we want to change what we're catching, church, we need to change what we're pursuing. We need to stop settling in life. And I'm not telling you to stop going after these good things in life. I'm telling you that maybe God has something better for you. I mean, how much better could your life be if you stopped settling for empty nets and you started following Jesus into the deep? See, church, most of the stuff we do and pursue, it's not bad. I played travel ball when I was a kid, it's not bad. I did extracurriculars as a kid, it wasn't bad, it didn't, didn't mess me up, didn't stop me from getting to where God wanted me to be. But I know that there could be something more for you, that there is something more for you. And what if all your stuff could be used for a greater purpose? Your talents, your treasure, your passion deserve to be part of the story that God is calling you to, but it's waiting for you in the deep. It's waiting for you out there. See, church, we've been made for more. You've been made for more than all the stuff that you're being distracted by. Your life, your family, your story has been made for more. But if we want to see all that God has for us, we need to decide that his worth is worth following above all else. Church, let me pray for you. Father, thank you that no matter what in life, that your word will always lead us on the right path. That you've not left us to wander, you've not left us to question, you've not left us to just try and figure it out on our own, but you've given us the word that we need to go where you're calling us, God. And I pray for my brothers and sisters in here that maybe have become distracted. Maybe all of a sudden these things are in life and they're piling up and they're pulling you away from what really matters. God, I pray that they would have the courage to realize that their life is worth more. Their story was made for more. And that if they would trust you with their time, if they would trust you with your treasure, if they would trust you with everything in their life, they would see the story that they've been made to live. And their, their family and their children's family and generations to come will be blessed by their decision. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.